Today is very special. We're going to go on a journey together. That's true. So <laughs> grab your passport, pack your bags, get yes. ready. In uh, the next several episodes, we're going to talk to you about the supernatural. Amen. I'm talking about the real supernatural. That's right. And as for 55 years, I have gone on these missionary trips. I've gone That's in very right. dangerous places, places where they're trying to kill me, places where they told me not to go. Right. Uh, and a few times, well, more than a few, I've taken pastors with me, Christians with me. A lot of times I just tell them, sorry, you can't go. This trip's too dangerous. I'm not, I'm right. not taking you. Sometimes they're illegal and I have to sneak in and out of country. So I, I'm not going to put you in that position. But, uh, but when I do take people with me, I usually give them some kind of an orientation before That's we right. leave uh, the states and yeah. tell them, here's what to expect. Uh, here's what I don't want you to do. There's some rules I have I don't want you to do right. uh, while we're there and things that I do want you to do. Now, if you go on your own trip, you can do whatever you want to. But this is my trip, my rules, and I've done this before. I'm not a rookie, and I've done this before. And most Christians really don't know where they are. They're really... And the supernatural. They're really not located themselves. Right. Uh, uh, spiritually. And so uh, it's like in, in Acts chapter 4, whenever Paul and, I mean, excuse me, whenever P uh, Peter and John had healed the guy at the great gate beautiful and got in trouble for that and got wanted to put them in prison, finally they let them go in, in, in chapter uh, 4 and verse, I believe it's 23, it says, when they were let go, they immediately went to their own company. And see, you, you have a company and you need to find out where that company is. And Brother Hagin used to tell us most Christians don't know who their company is or where their company is, but you need to know, uh, you need to locate yourself. And so uh, the next few episodes, we're going to get on a plane. We're going to hop to this country. Let's go to India. Let's go to Africa. Let's go here. Let's go there. And I'm going to talk to you about some do's and don'ts because we're, we're, we're not just going to teach some Christians or some kids in Sunday school or even a pastor's conference where we're all nice Christians we're dealing with. We're going to do open air crusades where we're fighting hell, where hell knows who we are. They know we're coming and we're going to be casting devils out of people. We're actually going into hell's backyard, the devil's backyard and rescuing people. And, and it's a fight. And so we're going to talk to you about that because you need to be prepared. You don't That's want right. to go ill prepared. And so many Christians are exactly not prepared for that. So stay with us. It's going to be a great several shows, and uh, I think you're going to learn some things, and, and, and I know you're going to enjoy it. God bless you and welcome today to More Than Conquerors program. We are just delighted to have you, Terry Mize Ministries, 55 years, a third world missionary evangelism, signs, wonders, miracles, the supernatural power of I God. Like We've been talking about that the last <laughs> several weeks and um, we're just doing, you know, uh, basic things that I think will help you to, to move out of the natural realm over into the supernatural with your expectation for the things of God to change in your life. And it's not just a personal thing. It's, Terry, it's to preach the gospel with. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the world You've has to see. Yeah, the world has to see the supernatural power of God. It's one thing for them to see a morally good person, but it's another thing 
for them to see you full of the Holy Ghost, having the supernatural power of God, like you've gone into other countries and had these marvelous, uh, you know, crusades, and you've gone in there. Uh, They didn't know you. They didn't uh, understand the gospel. Mm -hmm. And you were able to preach the gospel, announce the gospel, like you Mm -hmm. say. I always love that explanation. And then see signs, wonders, and miracles, darling. Hallelujah. And, um, you know, it's like we've said time after time on the program, that miracles are the dinner bell to the world. Miracles will attract everybody. That's right. You know, you can't you can't argue with a miracle. <laughs> That's right. You know, when Je- right. whenever Jesus healed that blind guy, one That's of the blind right. guys, yeah. uh, the the Pharisees and townsfolks came to the blind guy later and they said, "Hey, you know that bl- that that guy that healed your eyes?" And he said, "Yeah." So, well, he's a bad guy. Right. The blind guy said, "Well, I don't know anything about him. I don't know if he's a Republican or a Democrat. I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. All I know is I was blind and now I see." That's right. And, you know the proof of wow. the pudding's in the eating. That's right. That's it. it. it same, same way with the the, the the guy at the gate, beautiful that Peter and John walked by and, and said, "Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee." In the name of Hallelujah. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. Grabbed him by the right hand, pulled him up, and he began to uh, went running and leaping right. and praising the Lord. The Bible says. And uh, to try to tell that guy that healings passed away, right. or miracles are passed away, no. or, or God doesn't do that anymore. Got to me too uh, late. You're too I late. Saw it. The Bible I says, it "Taste and see that the that Lord is good." Well, you know, once you've tasted and, and seen, nobody can talk you out of that's it. That's right. Amen. I mean, that's to me. That's that's always the testimony. That's always the rock solid proof that that is what's happening in somebody's life. And when you have the supernatural power of God, you you start to see your prayers get answered. Yes. You start to see uh, the blessing of the Lord in your life. Uh, the, the, that's where you have to start. You have to start over here in your own personal life, your own prayer life, your own study of the Word of God, because God in the earth is going to is going to talk to you through mm-hmm. two areas, oh, yeah. and that is by the Holy Spirit that lives in you and by His Word. And a lot of people want God to, you know, like you said, they, they want God to be spectacular mm-hmm. and sensational. They want to see the handwriting in the sky or over on the wall sure. or, or an explosion or a, a resounding, you know, James Earl Jones voice in their head uh, come out, you know, reveal to them the will of God. But really, God's going to start with you in your own soul, in oh, your own spirit. Miraculous. Yeah. And he wants to take you over into the realm of the miraculous, the supernatural, not just Hollywood uh, sensational. Which, which is, we've said time and time and time and time again, that that's what separates the gods. That's right. Lots of gods in this world, but there's only one that does miracles. You know, the Bible says no no God does miracles after your sort. No God does miracles like you do. No, that's uh, right. There's just no other God that does that. And, and I've been to those other countries. I've been to the Hindu yes, nations. I've been to the Muslim nations. I've been to the Buddhist nations. I've been to the Shintoist nations. I've been to the, the animistic nations. I've been to all these places. And there's not any God that does miracles except Jehovah. Ain't no God like Jehovah. <laughs> no, that's and, right. And so that's the separation. That's I mean, if you if you uh, uh, you know lined up several blind people here, and then you had. Uh, all these different holy men of different religions come in and lay hands on them or pray for them however they want to do it. Uh, uh, whoever's God healed, everybody would gravitate to that one. Exactly. You know, if somebody's eyes popped open, then everybody would say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that God. 
And, you know, that's I've told this story before, and you know the story well, but that was my first day in the mission fields. Right. You know, when I was 18 years old and, and got down to the jungles of Panama, <laughs> and we were in this little tiny village way south of Mexico, right. Panama City, right where the Pan-American Highway ended yeah. at that time, uh, uh, and just crossed the river into a village. And then we were waiting for a, for a, a tribal person, an Indian, to that we could hire to take us seven hours up the river in a, in a motorized canoe uh, to the Indian village where we were going to live right. uh, in the jungle. And uh, we were there three days waiting for somebody to, that we could hire to well. waiting for a boat. And there's no hotel. There's no place to stay. <laughs> and so we were just sleeping in, the, in a, in a uh, uh, well, it would have been the storeroom of a bar. Only, only when you say room, Americans think it's got walls. This just had a, a roof and oh, a concrete yeah, floor, right. no walls. And so we slept in there, and you know, I'd, I'd laid on a hundred-pound sack of rice for my pillow. And uh, one day, I just thought, you know, I need to be witnessing to people, get some sinners saved, and and tell people about Jesus. And so here we were next to the bar. So I said, well, I'll just go in here. There'll be sinners in here. Right. And I went in as an eighteen-year-old kid, and, and just put my back to the bar and started preaching. And then here came these Muslim guys and said, "You stop preaching in the name of Jesus." I mean, they slapped their hand down on the table and said. Shut up. We don't want to hear about Jesus. And, you know, and, and I just kept preaching. They said, shut up. And I kept preaching. They said, shut up. And I kept preaching. So they made a big display well, of pushing their chairs back, right. screeching the chairs on the concrete floor. And, and so everybody in the barge is all kind of grinning like this kid's fixing to get whipped. And these guys, bad looking guys, they were military guys. You know, had on berets and, yeah. and their combat They're boots and their, 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 their fatigue pants and Army 45 Colt pistol on their hip, automatic, um, you know, and, and machete on their other hip and scars on their scars, you know, tough looking guys. And came up and said, I told you, don't preach the name of Jesus. I'm Muslim and well, Mohammed, uh, Allah is God and, and Mohammed's his prophet. And I said, no, Jehovah is God and Jesus is his son. And so they're about ready to whip me, you know. And so I said, I said, let's, let's just prove it right now. I said, everybody pay attention. Everybody in the bar, look up here. I said, we're going to, this guy says that Allah is God and Muhammad's his prophet. I say Jehovah is God and Jesus is his son. I said, and we're going to prove it. <laughs> and I said, and, and whoever's God is God. We'll serve him. Right. I said, if this guy's right, I'll, I'll denounce Christianity and I'll serve, I'll serve Allah and and Muhammad, and if I'm right, then they'll renounce Islam and they'll serve Jesus and serve Jehovah. And he said, how are we going to prove it? And I said, well, that's easy. I said, I want everybody in the bar to go out in, in the village here and get sick people. And I said, I don't mean people with headaches and stomach aches. I mean, go get blind people, deaf people, right. crippled people. If you've got a crazy guy here, demon possessed guy that eats out of the garbage and runs around and knocking over stuff, you know, doesn't wear any clothes, bring, bring him. And I said, then these three guys can pray or they can cut themselves or they can sing or they can <laughs> whatever they want to do. They can do it as long oh, as they want to. Right. And, right. if, and if and if and if Allah heals the guy, heals the people and, and Mohammed heals them, then I'll just mm -hmm. renounce Jesus and I'll serve Mohammed. I said, but that's not going to happen. He won't heal them because he's dead. And I said, so when they get through, then I'll pray for them in the name of Jesus and that God will heal them. Their eyes will open. Their ears will open. They'll be healed. And, and I said, so who, so this, these gentlemen then will renounce Islam and they'll serve Jesus. And uh, so I said, everybody go out and get sick people. And the guy said, wait a minute, wait, wait, stop. I said, never mind, we're not going to do that. <laughs> and they just went back and sat down and continued drinking. I kept preaching. Well, but had they, they didn't accept my challenge, but had they accepted, right. you know, God would have won. Right. God, God would have won. And so 
that's the difference. That's where the it is. that separates the men from the it boys. Does. That, that it separates does. the gods from the the real god from the fake gods. That, right. that, that's 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 the dinner bell to the world. The miracles exactly are going to attract people, and the yes. miracles are going to prove uh, who's the real god. Well, that and that makes it so easy, darling. You know, for people to see things. It's like um, I, I had someone who had done. Uh, know, knew a lot of religions and stuff around the world. Mm-hmm. T- tell me years ago, they said, of all the religions of the world, the only religion that really offers forgiveness of sins is Christianity. Well, of course. No other religions offer that. Christianity, likewise, is the only religion, if you want to call it that, uh, philosophy, however the world wants to term lifestyle. it, lifestyle to us, is that the supernatural is present in, in a Christian's life, we have the ability. I like Mark 16. We read to you, you know, back a couple of programs ago. Jesus said that we could lay hands on the sick and they would recover. Jesus said we would speak with new tongues. Jesus said we would take up serpents or co- come in contact with something uh, death threat in our life. And we would be able to, uh, you know, tread on those. That Drink we any would, deadly thing, it won't hurt yeah, you. Yeah, eat any deadly thing, and it won't hurt you. I mean, God. I've experienced so much of that. Really. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, you know, I've never have taken up, taken up serpents. You know, I'm, I've I've been around them and killed a bunch of them. Yes. And I've been out in the jungle in places where they tried to bite me, and I, right. I killed them. But, uh, um, you know, I've eaten deadly things. Right. You know, when you're in a foreign country and in a third world nation, <laughs> oh, yes, and they bring you your food. <laughs> And it's it's some kind of meat, you know what? And it's green and it stinks. Uh, you don't have to be real spiritual to know that that's not Jesus. good. It's, it's, yeah. it's not good. It is it is spoiled. No, that's right. And yet I've eaten it because the word says, unfortunately, the Bible says, unfortunately, eat what's set before you. Right. So that's a missionary scripture. I eat what's set before me. And uh, <laughs> I remember one time I took my little brother to the jungles of Burma, and it was real dark. My son Lynn was with me, and. My brother Bruce was with me, and it was super dark. By the time we got to this village, we crossed the same river 27 times just to get to this village to help some, some tribal people. That's astounding. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and it was dark, and we went in to eat, and they served us three bowls of soup. You know, we're sitting there eating this soup. And my, my little brother had never been to the Mission Village before, never been outside, you know, the States. And he said, he said, Terry, Terry, what is this? I said, don't ask, Bruce, don't ask. He said, but what is it? What is it? I said, don't, don't ask. Just eat it. It's okay. You know, it's a rookie mistake to ask what you're eating. That's a rookie mistake. And uh, exactly, write that down. You know, and finally, finally, he dips his spoon in there and pulls out a head of a snake. You know, because it was serpent head soup, so right. it was. And then he goes, Terry, Terry, I said, eat it, Bruce. Shut up and eat it. You know, and uh, but so I've eaten stuff that's deadly and uh, not gotten sick. Right. You know, believe God. Uh, I've gone in the jungles with uh, missionaries where there's. Uh, I've crossed rivers with missionaries to where there's crocodiles in the rivers, right. snakes in the rivers, right. uh, leeches in the rivers, right. all kind of stuff. And uh, I've gone in one side of the river and come out the other side, and my missionary buddy's just covered with leeches. I mean, covered with leeches, blood-sucking leeches. And I didn't have one on me, not one, zero, none, not one, because I had prayed beforehand. I'd said, right. Lord, Psalms 91 says there'll be no annoyance pestilence. So, you know, leeches are pests. Right. You know, crocodiles are pests. You know, snakes are pests. There'll be no annoyance pestilence. And uh, and I mean, the, the tribal people, the Indians would take their hunting knives and scrape his body right. to scrape those leeches off. 
I never got one on me. Not one, not one, not one, not, not one, not ever. And because, you know, that's what the super, I believe in prayer, yeah. you know, and it's right. a difference when, when the tribe looks at you and say, well, that guy's covered with leeches. That guy's not. Right. I think I'll go with him. <laughs> you, know? you know, and that's the way it should be, you know, is lifestyle. The supernatural is a lifestyle, but it, it takes effort to get there. It takes practice, if I could say it that way. And you're, if you start back here, uh, it's like Hudson Taylor did. He, he ended up in the 1850s. He was a, his family was, was well to do. His father in was England. A, in England and he went and rented an apartment in a very poor part of town, lived on just apples and oatmeal, you know, mm-hmm. and just ended up uh, in a very tiny room he rented that just had a bed, a table and a but chair. But he did that as a missionary school. As a missionary to train school for himself, himself to go to China, yeah. and, and and not have stuff. Well, it's like Paul wrote to Timothy in Second Timothy chapter four, I think around verse four or five. He said, "Timothy, endure hardness as a good as soldier. As a good soldier. As a good soldier. And so, when you're preparing uh, over here to fight uh, supernatural battles, like the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, mm-hmm. but they are mighty through God to the overthrow and the pulling down of strongholds." then we have to learn how to fight in the realm of the spirit so we are prepared for the hardness that it will take in the natural realm to do the things that God has called us to do. And in order to do that, you have to begin to build your faith from faith to faith, from glory to glory. There is a progressive, constant learning of faith. There is never, uh, you know, I've reached the mountaintop. I've reached the plateau. Mm -hmm. There's Faith is always something that is being built into your life. Hardness is being built in there. Toughness is being built in there. So many church members are, are, are offended if a pastor chastises from the pulpit and says something that steps on our toes about our lifestyle. Well, then you couldn't handle it anywhere over in, uh, you couldn't handle a shooter in McDonald's. You couldn't handle going into a third world country and deal with those things that you're, de- that you've dealt with in those areas of life. You've got to build in the realm of the spirit in your prayer life, get tough there, uh, stand on the word of God, don't compromise, uh, discipline your mouth, become your own uh, cheerleader. (laughs) You know, if nobody else notices what you're doing, you just say, that's okay, my reward is with the Lord. You begin to be toughened up by the things in the spirit that you're learning in prayer and from the word of God. I, I wanted to I wanted to the, give you the these so, scriptures. Softness is not yeah. <laughs> softness is not a missionary quality. It is not. <laughs> I mean you, you learn to be soft in your heart towards people, but you're really, really tough with you. And you don't do not allow yourself to be offended to be hurt or to be uh, fragile mentally, emotionally. I mean, there has to be toughness for Christians. And for some reason, and we we have several that we've talked about that we know of, uh, the church has gotten very soft. Men are soft. Women are soft. Our kids are are, are not. Well, the world uh, doesn't seem to know what a woman is yeah, anymore. They, you know, there's they, just they all of that. They can't define a woman, can't define a man. If the church doesn't know, who in the world is going to tell you? It's absurd. It's you know? absurd. I wanted to you read know, The Bible these. says God created male and female. <laughs> yeah. Created he them. Yeah. I mean, there's two. There's two. You know, I think New York City now has 130 yeah. different genders that they put on their books. God only has two. Yeah. God it, made two and the politicians made the others. There's a plague of mental illness, and it's an emotional mental illness, a fragile uh, mindset about everything that 
that, that makes me feel uncomfortable. And of all people, Christians should be the most laid back, cool, you know, help Absolutely. yourself, you know. You know, Renee, and, the first, the first uh, Mexico missions trip I went on, I was 18 years old. And I left and went to Panama and lived in right. the jungle with Indians that didn't wear clothes. And we hunted, right. hunted in the jungle for animals to eat, monkeys, parrot, and what have you. But when I came fun. when I came back from that, after months <laughs> of that, I was only home two weeks and I went uh, to Mexico. Right. And I went to southern Mexico, down in down in the state of Oaxaca, yeah. which is way south of Mexico City, and down in a little bitty town called Huchitan, Oaxaca, which is the well, it's not the end of the world, but it's certainly visible from there. <laughs> and 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 down there, yeah. I was invited by a lady from Texas, yeah, South Texas, out around out around Alpine, McCamey, right. out, out in that in that far west. Oh man, and uh, and she was a rancher's wife. She's a rancher. Oh well, her her husband had. Oh, I don't know how many sections of land. I'm not talking about acres of land. I'm talking Have about I sections. Have heard this story before? I don't know. You've heard a lot of my stories over but every 40 now and then there's years. a new one. Tell me. And, and you know, a section is 640 acres. Right. Yes. So in Texas, we talk about sections. And you go up to Kansas and different places and talk to a farmer and say, how much land are you farming? They say, oh, oh, uh, 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 you know, a quarter. Right. Say a quarter what? Well, a quarter of, you know, a quarter of a section. You know, a section is a square mile. Or there's a few acres. When Texans don't talk about acres, they talk about sections. Well, this guy, I forget how many sections he That's a bunch of land. Ranched. You <laughs> know, a, again, it's a square miles. He had lots of square miles of rent. And so she, this lady, you know, middle aged or older than middle aged, but felt like she should go to the mission field. So she took off. Her wow. husband said she could go and supported her. And she took off and went to Huchitan, Oaxaca. And so My she's a goodness. tough woman. I mean, a rancher from Texas. And then. Mexico. But I got down there as an 18-year-old kid, and I was still trying to recover from the Panama trip. I mean, I, I got so sick in Panama, I about died. Right. I had yellow right. fever and all kind of sickness and right. disease. And the military later told me I had tuberculosis, too. Uh, but anyway, right. we got down there, and I was just kind of skin and bone, you know, and, and just recovering and gaining strength again. And, yeah. And, uh, but she had this motto that I've adopted since then and had for the last 55 years. She said, there's no sense in two men riding the same horse. <laughs> she said, on the ranch, we don't do that. We don't have two men riding the same horse. You don't You don't have two guys go along. You know, my, I raised my boys that way because they'd always, when even when they grew up, wanted to run uh, work for me. And I'd send one of them on an errand while the other one would want to go with him. Yeah. You know, his brother would want to go. I said, oh, we don't do two men riding the same horse. You know, you go do your job, you go do your job. Right. Two men don't ride the same And so we was down there, and she said, two men don't ride the same horse. So another minister was down there with me, a friend of mine, That's and good. Uh, and he was a pastor. I was yeah. just a kid, and this guy's been in the ministry. And so uh, one night she had uh, services scheduled, and uh, we were going to go to church. Oh, and by the way, I you know where I slept? You know what? You know what she gave me to sleep on? What I slept on a on a on a bed frame with wooden slats across. Yeah. The frame, like you right, do. Right. Only in America, we'd put a mattress on top of that. Right. No, no, there, no, no, no. This was the board, the boards, the slats, yeah. the boards going across the frame. So, in other words, here's the head of the bed. And then there's a slat here, and a slat here, and a slat here, and a slat here, and the foot. Oh, my goodness. And so, therefore, when I'd lay down on it, you know, your rear end would fall through this <laughs> hole, or your elbow would fall through that hole. So I'd put a blanket over it as tight as I could get them, right. and then I'd sleep on those. Boards. It'd been My more goodness. comfortable on the floor, but there were scorpions. But there were story. scorpions on the floor. So I'd <gasps> sleep on the slats. 
Oh, my goodness. And so one night, she, I said, I, I got ready for church. I said, what time are we leaving for church? She said, well, we're leaving at such and such a time, but you're, you're leaving before that. I said, really? She said, yeah. She said, you're not going with us. No, two men are not going to ride the same horse. There's no sense in you both going to the same church. She said, so I'm taking pastor over here to preach in this church. And she said, here's what you're going to do. She said, I want you to leave at this time. And she said, and I want you to leave the house here and walk down uh, about a mile, you know, and you'll come to the highway. She said, when you get to the highway, and I'm 18 years old. I don't know what, what I'm doing. Well, she said, when you get to the highway, turn right yeah. and walk seven miles. <laughs> seven miles. Walk seven miles. Oh, my goodness. And when you get to seven miles, you're going to come to a village. And she said, when you get to the village, said, just walk into the village. And there'll be church guys there looking for you. They'll be looking for a gringo, for an for a American kid. And uh, they'll take you to the house where you're going to preach. I said, you got to be kidding me. And I said, how do I get back? She said, you walk back seven miles. In the dark? Yeah, in the dark, after church, you know. And so, so I go down. I have to leave a couple of hours early, you know. So I walk down there and hit the highway and turn right and walk seven miles and get to the village, walk in the village. And these guys say, say, Hermano, hermano, he means brother, brother, brother. And you tell, that's me. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the brother. You know, and they said, welcome. And so they took me to this house, got the house. There's a whole bunch of people in there waiting on me. And they took an old Coleman, old Coleman kerosene lantern and they stoked it up, you know, mm. pumped it up and, uh, and hung it up. So I preached and then prayed wow. for the sick, prayed for salvation, prayed for healings, got all that. Uh, then they fed me, Lord, I don't know what. And, and then it's late by now. Yeah, no joke. It's dark. No and, joke. and now I got to walk seven miles back to the to town. I mean, she was hard. Endure hardness, hardness as, as a, good, a good soldier. Good soldier. There's no soft about missions. No. And, and so here, I, it didn't matter that I was sick. It didn't matter I'd been I'd been nearly yeah, dead. Didn't matter no, right. I'd lost all that weight. Didn't, right. No, no. You go. You go walk seven miles and preach and walk back. Well, you know. And I did. The supernatural is born out of that kind of toughness where you literally do not allow uh, weakness. It's not just in the natural, but it's that you don't take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to oh, read yeah. this verse here in Proverbs 19 because so many people, like you said, go with a burden but not a call, right. or they're unprepared. They're and good it, Christian people. They have a burden for missions. They go, but right. they're not called, so they fail or get in trouble. They get in trouble. And write this down. Proverbs 19, verse 2, and then verse 3. It says, Desire without knowledge is not good, and to be over hasty is to sin and miss the mark. Now, that's pretty over powerful. Over hasty, impatient. Yeah, impatient. Well, when am I going to get to go? When am, you know, and then you just haul off and go do something unprepared, unhinged, you know, all of those things. The foolishness of man subverts his way ruins his affairs, then his heart is resentful and he frets against the Lord. Then people blame God because they got into sure. trouble when they overshot they the impatient. mark. They were impatient. They didn't prepare for that kind of walk seven miles, you know, or face the, the, the opposition from another religious and they're, you know, got all kinds of weapons and everything on them. We want you to be prepared. We want you to know how to function in the supernatural. We want you to learn how to expect the Lord in the most dire yes, circumstances. Yes, yes, yes. Well, our time is gone for today and we've got to leave you right now, but we want to remind you one more time that you are more, more than, than conquerors. Bye-bye.
Hello, everybody. Renee and I just want to remind you that the greatest miracle of all time and the only eternal miracle is salvation. So uh, let's just do that right now. Pray this prayer after me. Father God, I come before you today to accept Jesus. I believe in my heart Jesus is the Son of God. I call on you today according to your word. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me a new creature. Thank you, Lord, for saving me, and I'll serve you the rest of my days in Jesus' name. So write us, let us know, tell somebody that you prayed with Terry and Renee and that you gave your heart to Jesus. We love you. God bless you.